there is something else. There must be something else. There must be something more powerful than what we can see or what we can do physically or biologically or whatever. Welcome to the Juggling the Chaos of Recovery podcast wellness spot, where we focus on health and wellness and how you can reclaim your health and life today. You're in the right place if you're sick and tired of being sick and tired and you've been helping so many others, it's time to help yourself. In a time when health and wellness can be so confusing, I'll share my knowledge as a nurse in 20 years in wellness and help you navigate through. You will hear stories of people who have used the Shackley products, including me, as they have truly been a game changer for health. And I'm here to tell you that it's never too late to pay attention to your health and how making a smart plan with natural choices can help you live your best life today. Well, welcome to another episode of the podcast. I am your host, Moira Gorski, and so uh, thankful that you continue to come back and listen. I just continue to love meeting other people in my life, and certainly along this journey of wellness and podcasting, it's uh, really cool where it's taking me. And I continue to, again, look for other people to connect with, as I've mentioned on my podcast before. I just love to be connected with others to get to know them. And I happen to meet our guest, my guest today, uh, through a Facebook network type of page for other podcasters. And it really caught my eye when I saw nurse and wellness and holistic and hypnotherapist and all those really cool things that um, I love and I love to learn about. And so I connected with Dr. Naz and uh, was honored to be a guest on her podcast, I think a couple of weeks ago. And today I am bringing uh, her to you today and just things that make me kind of giggle a little bit. I love the fact that she is from Australia and we are connecting across the world, across, across the globe. I mean, that's just very fascinating to me that because of technology, we can connect, you know, connect like this and um, we can get to know each other and then I can share her with you. So Dr. Naz, welcome today. Um, well, it is today for you. It is almost night for me, but welcome to my podcast today. I'm really honored that you are here. Hello, Moira. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a pleasure, absolutely blessing to talk to you. Yes, thank you. And again, you, you will see all about not Dr. Naz um, in the show notes, but her, um, her education is vast. She is a holistic health professional, academic nurse, and emotional health consultant, 25 plus years with lots of different, as I mentioned before, lots of different um, parts of health and wellness, um, evidence-based healthcare. She's worked with children, with youth, with adults, with chronic illness management. And really, again, what I have am really enjoying getting to know and learning about her is that just this passion of spirituality, health, inner wellness, inner health, um, and really uh, working on things on the inside that can help us heal there as well as heal on the outside. So again, just thrilled that you're here. And, um, you know, just a little bit, I guess, about your backstory. I mean, how did you, were you always interested in being in medicine or being a nurse or, you know, how did you come to be, you know, that that's what you chose at your education? Well, that's a big journey. <laughs> right. Yeah, but I'm just trying to just bring it, you know, absolutely, you know, briefly. Uh, so it was something natural, I think, in my insight, to be honest. Um, as far as I know myself as a child, I was kind of, um, was kind of, you know, searching for something that wasn't really easy to find. It was, uh, you know, sometimes, you know, you you feel that there is something lost in you and you are not satisfied completely with, you know, whatever you have. At the same time, you appreciate it. You are grateful for everything you have, but you, you're looking for something else you're looking for. And um, what I was looking for was so much attached with, uh, with my heart. I was always feeling that I love connection, I love 
I love serving people. I love, I love to do something for the community, for people, for the world. So uh, this was a sense absolutely, you know, as far as, you know, I remember from my childhood inside of me. Uh, so medicine or just being a medical doctor possibly was the very first thing came to my mind in my high school ages. But for some reasons, I actually tend to be a nurse. And in the very first year of my nursing study, I still wasn't sure. And I was going actually just to withdraw and get back to my you know, dream job that was a medical doctor. I was going actually to be a surgeon. <laughs> that was my first. Uh, but guess what? As soon as I was involved you know, closely with patients in my clinical placement, I changed my decision. And I just said, no, that's it. That's exactly what I want. Uh, because I was always, you know, hungry for those absolutely deep connection with people. So yes, then I continued my nursing study and my undergrad education. And I really, it was so rewarding. I experienced quite a few miracles in my, you know, undergrad. And at the same time, actually, because I was so passionate and enthusiastic, at the same time, I started to work, you know, as night shift and, and I studied, you know, during the day. So I was quite active. <laughs> And uh, yeah, so I experienced a couple of really, you know, significant, massive miracles, for example, one of them, I'm not sure if I talked to you before or not, but you know, I had a patient in midnight when I was working in as a, as a dialysis nurse. I was quite young, I think, you know, about 20, something like that. And um, so we had actually a patient who had a heart attack and we, we did all the CPR, all the stuff and yeah, and he's gone, you know, the, the code blue decided he's gone. And um, for some reasons that I don't know, it was still unknown. Um, I continued actually just giving him oxygen, you know, through the, you know, the ambulance and my work friends actually just, you know, starting to laugh at me, laughing at me. I said, what are you doing? He's dead. Are you dead for 10 minutes, 15 minutes? You know, it's, it's just pointless. And I just said, I don't know. I, I feel that I'm made to do it. I want to do it. Just, just let me be. <laughs> and, and after 20 minutes, it was, it was so miraculous. After 20 minutes, I just realized his chest is moving. And first I thought it's me. First I thought it's me because I'm just, you know, pushing Ambo. But I just put my hands off and just observed, no, the chest is moving. So I just checked the breathing, you know, by putting my cheek, you know, on you know, my face and felt feel, you know, the, the breath. And yes, it was the breath. So still I feel, still I feel that when I talk about it, you know, I still like get goosebumps and I called, you know, they could blow, they, they came back and patient, you know, came back to, to life wow. after 10 minutes, after 20 minutes, we all know that the golden time, they say the golden time is three to five minutes. Mm -hmm. And they did actually, you know, the, the resource team, did all you know everything during that five minutes and that didn't work and after that i continued with another 20 minutes with nothing only ambo and yeah so that was possibly the very first you know aha moment there is something else there must be something else there must be something more powerful than what we can see or what we can do physically or biologically or whatever. So that was the very, you know, powerful aha moment. So I continued, you know, my education with master, but, you know, I did mental health at the start after, you know, my um, couple of uh, years after my graduation as a general nurse, I continued with mental health 
nursing, master of mental health, but for some reasons, you know, I withdrew from, I changed indeed, uh, mental health to pediatrics because my family believed that I'm a very sensitive person. And, <laughs> and if I continue with that mental health, it does affect my own personal life. Uh, because yes, they, they were right. I'm absolutely a very deep impact and, <laughs> and I am sensitive. Um, but it was in my inside. And when I migrated uh, to Australia about 20 years ago, I decided to continue my education with my PhD, with my doctorate, you know, research base. And guess what? I actually just says, okay, this is my life now. This is my choice now. I tend to be involved with, uh, with a topic as spirituality and self-transformation. And that was challenging, actually, with the School of Nursing, because it actually, at that time, you know, it was, I finished my um, PhD 11 years ago. And at that time, you know, 15, 16 years ago, wasn't really popular uh, spirituality topic in medicine and health, um, but it was it was absolutely the biggest turning point in my life because I worked with spirituality and self-transformation in people, young people with diabetes type one, which is considered incurable. Mm -hmm. uh, and yeah, I designed the questionnaire as a spirituality questionnaire, and then I designed another coping questionnaire, and we actually did the whole stuff, you know, we did quantitative and qualitative research. Uh, we did the whole stuff about, you know, measuring um, hemoglobin A1C, HbA1c, which is the main criteria for diabetes management, and also blood glucose level, and young people who um, were more spiritual, you know, using the questionnaire and all those stuff, you know, they, they achieved a higher score in the spirituality, they were able to manage their diabetes better than the others. And spirituality wasn't, you know, to be honest, wasn't focusing on religion because religion is, is one tool, is, is only one of, one of the absolutely different tools uh, are available for spirituality for people. Um, young people with diabetes basically focused on connectedness, which started within. So the, the biggest concept came, emerged from that study, that research was sense of self and connectedness with inner self. And then then connection with others, with the world, and for some people with the universe or higher uh, power, which is still, you know, starting uh, within. And um, the other concept, you know, emerged from their spirituality was about self-transformation. Self-transformation and finding the new meaning in uh, in any given situations. So these two, you know, massive concepts absolutely, you know, attracted so many, you know, conferences and I published, you know, papers and also, well, you know, where the very significant beginning of my journey after my PhD. So then I did my, you know, continued my um, education and my learning uh, of different modalities, NLP, neuro-linguistic programming and hypnotherapy and mindfulness, because I believe that, you know, we have so many um, amazing modalities that we can use uh, in addition to conventional medicine. I'm not against conventional medicine, but I think it's not enough. It's just not enough. So definitely we can use a lot of other modalities to get more connected with that source within. Um, because at the end of the day, we are responsible for our own life, for our own health. And 
but definitely as soon as we give we give away our inner power to to the external sources or to outside that's that's unfortunately the start of disease mm. and illnesses uh and it's very easy it's it's simple we just need to get back to that power yeah <laughs> yeah i mean i know it, it it sounds so easy and it's not always but i mean you know as you speak that's i mean that's really that's why i love being connected with you because we have very similar views and that there is certainly a place for conventional medicine but as i've learned as i've been exposed to wellness and seen other transformations and other people and done work myself and studied other type of modalities similar to you you know you can't deny that there's something else there's something greater than us and um i believe that greaterness is connected with us on the inside mm-hmm. and um and again i believe the audience that listens to this you know uh you know the the audience that listens to this is certainly a lot talking about you know those that have struggled with addictions and eating disorders and disorders of some type and just what you said when we give over to when we give our power our inner power over to those other things be it yeah. that the thoughts that start coming in our heads or give over to the pain or we want to numb the pain with certain things or pharmaceuticals or whatnot when we give our power away to those other things like you said that's where disease starts that's where disorder starts and um Yeah, and that's what I really want to talk about today because I've seen that with my own journey, I've seen that with my exposure to the eating disorder world. There's, you know, just there are again so many things that can be helpful, but so much ta- and even my husband says it. You know, the happiness starts from within. Right? Things start and if we can start on the inside, then things get better on the outside. And again it sounds really simple and I know it's not. That's why I thought today maybe you know you could kind of take us through a few just again you talked a little bit about that inner wellness and I it sounds like that inner connectedness and becoming connected with ourselves needs to start first and as we kind of fall in love with ourselves if you will and allow ourselves to be then we can start to transform. It sounds like that well you know connected starts first and then transformation comes next but you know i'd love to just talk about like if somebody's listening going well yeah it sounds easy but i don't even understand what that all means you know can you talk a little bit about you know what that does mean to start to connect with yourself um to start loving yourself like what does that mean really if if about that inner you know let's talk about that inner wellness yeah yeah definitely yeah i think the main thing that we miss is our purpose because a lot of times a lot of time we we're looking for something that uh we really don't know we really we are not really sure what that is you know in our inside and we are just looking for that outside of ourselves i'll just give you an example for example if you i don't know if you if you love a loving relationship and you're looking for you know amazing you know woman or man who can give you that loving relationship and you're just trying to find out you know here and there i don't know in the websites or in the parties or in your communication and then you may fail you know for many years or you know another example you know a simple example is about your health yeah you're looking for um the best doctor who can help you um i don't know just get less stress stress free or just less anxiety or have the better sleep and then after some years you may not find the best or uh, sustainable solution i guess one of the main you know missing parts is we don't really 
know what we want. We don't really know. So if, for example, I have a loving relationship, I don't know what does loving relationship mean to me, you know, in, in debt. What is really loving relationship? And once I am clear with, with, the, with the loving relationship that I want, then I need to get back to myself, okay, do I have that, that kind of relationship which is defined as a loving relationship? Do I have that type of relationship with myself first? So just, just tap on your own desire in yourself. If I desire to... Uh, to be loved, okay, do I love my own to see yourself in the front of, you know, just stand in the front of mirror or uh, just talk to your heart or um, just really you what you're doing, you know, during the day, during the night. Do you, do you give love to yourself in whatever you're doing? Do you give love to yourself when you look at yourself? In the mirror, do you give love to yourself when you talk to yourself? What, what kind of words you use? What kind of language you use when you talk to yourself? So you cannot look for the loving relationship outside of yourself when you have no idea about loving relationship with yourself. That is, that is not possible. And that's the main you know, reason of your failure. So... You know, the same when you look for the best doctor, how you treat yourself, you know, in your health. If you, for example, dealing with insomnia and you take a cup of, you know, a big mug of coffee at 12 uh, midnight. So just just think about it. Just reflect on what what you are doing yourself in terms of your own health. Do you give yourself, you know, something that can nourish your body or do you give your body i'm sorry rubbish mm -hmm. <laughs> do you give yourself you know good emotions to feel happy or you give yourself something oh, oh that that shit no that is not possible that is not no i can't do it i can't do it. okay so if you continue Talking to yourself like that, you give yourself all, you know, depleting emotions. You, you just drain your, your own energy. How you can expect someone else just, you know, shows up from outside and just, you know, do a miracle and change your emotions. No, that is not possible. So that's why, you know, that, that's exactly why I believe everything begins within. And yet the very... The very simple step that we can start with is just taking some time during the day, just giving some time to ourselves and communicating with what is, what is happening inside in terms of our thoughts, our self-talk, our emotions, our body uh, language, because the body has a very clear language but we mostly ignore it. We mostly ignore it. For example, when you, um, this is very, this is very obvious for me. Whenever I am stressed or I am anxious about something or I have some really, I'm not usually usually using negative or positive. So <laughs> let's just you know use depleting. When I'm uh, you know using depleting language or emotions, I straight away feel something is happening in my body. I straight away feel it. So I may just, you know, in the next couple of hours, I may just feel headache, or I may just, because I have a chronic back pain, I may feel, you know, my back pain just, you know, got aggravated, or I may feel some gut issues. Uh, but the point is, I'm aware, I'm aware about these sensations right now. Maybe previously, 20 years ago, I wasn't. And I missed, you know, all these, you know, body, uh, the, the language of my body or, you know, the way body was trying to talk to me. I missed it. And then <laughs> just I was looking for a doctor to fix it. No, 
Yeah. So right. you need to talk to your body. You need to talk to your emotion. You need to talk to yourself. And and believe me, you know, that is not difficult. It's it's easy, but we we are just getting, you know, we are a little bit reluctant doing that. And it's most of the time it's not intentional. Mm-hmm. Most of the time it's just because of a lot of distractions we have with the outer world. And at the beginning, it's not it's a little bit hard at the beginning just to turn our focus to those areas. But once you practice, you know, more and more, it's it's going to be effortless. Right. Yeah. Well, it's it ends up being, I think, that that you're able to notice those things. You know, the things that like when you mentioned, for instance, you know, your stomach hurts or gut issues. You know, I, I was talking with a friend the other day who has a daughter who had a st- stressful situation with somebody like an interaction with them. And then she said to her mom, you know, oh, my stomach hurts and I need some of that emodium because that really helps me. And I mean, there was this direct correlation between stress, difficult interaction, difficult conversation. And then she was feeling something like you said in her body. And then her initial, uh, because it worked before, okay, what's going to help? It's going to help to get a medicine. And so that's the, the cycle that we usually get into. But if we can work on what you're talking about is real. I like notice, oh, wow, my stomach hurts. Like, why does my stomach hurt? Oh, maybe it's because I had a difficult conversation with my friend or my boyfriend or my mother or whatever the case is. So like, what can, okay, I'm noticing that. Okay, so what can I do? So maybe I don't need something, a medicine. What can I do? You know, maybe I can do some deep breathing or maybe I can, just again, feel into that and relax and see if that pain will go away. But doing that, like you said, you talked about talking to your body, but I think a big part of it too is listening. Like listening, like my back's hurting, my neck's hurting. Like what is that? And noticing, what does that mean? And that was something that I learned with a um, mindfulness-based stress reduction course that I just took. And that one of the, I mean, we just talked a lot about noticing and when we can slow down enough to notice, then we can notice and then we can make a decision on what we're going to do. But I think like you were talking a little bit, we get distracted, we get busy, we get distracted with other things and we don't even, and I'm just speaking from my own experience, we don't slow ourselves down enough to notice you know, that flashing light that's happening, like our flashing light in the car, you know, that things that are flashing and they're warning signs to tell us that something's. Absolutely. Yeah. You know? That that thing is, yeah, it's, it's actually, you brought really, you know, very important point because that noticing is the key and it can start, you know, it, uh, it can be started in our everyday living uh with everything for example i remember the first time i started to learn about mindfulness because you know some people saying oh it's not easy just to sit you know somewhere and just be quiet you know mindfulness practice is not easy so that happened to me as well it wasn't easy for me at the beginning and i started to yes just to notice my, you know, every single thing I was doing in my everyday living. For example, when I was driving, I started, okay, so when I stopped, you know, red light, see other cars, see people just passing through, see the actual red light, see the sky, see where, whereabouts, you know, on earth you are right now, which street you are now. So, Actually, my feeling, you know, straight away changed to be more um, connected to my body and where I am. Or another simple thing, when I was doing, you know, when I washing dishes, you know, when I washing dishes, I started to feel, feel water on my hands feel, you know, the dishes and say, oh, yeah, feel the actual, you know, everything. And 
then again eating you know because we are nurses we we know you know the physiology anatomy and all all those sorts of stuff so when i when i started to notice what i'm eating i uh i started to feel feel you know the food is going you know the, the, the whole pathway is going through my mouth you know to the esophagus to the stomach and i just said oh <laughs> That is actually an interesting feeling. Uh, so yeah, so the mindfulness can be can be started, you know, with that simple strategy. You don't have to be, you know, in alpha state, just sitting, you know, in a quiet at the very beginning. You can be quiet, you know, alert, doing your um, everyday activities, daily activities, and at the same time really notice what what you are doing with your body notice it notice you know with your skin with your feeling with your emotions and i i would i would mostly focus on body and emotions rather than head because usually you know as soon as you you focus on your head or your thinking you may just get distracted straight away with other thoughts. <laughs> does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Yeah. And I, again, I know from my, my own self, just living so much in my head, you know, trying to, again, being a, a busy mom of four and running a business and having a child who has some struggles and, you know, two dogs and, you know, making dinner and all those things, you know, we sometimes get into that, okay, what do I got to do next? And what do I have to do next? And so we're living in this checklist of a life, as opposed to connecting with our, you know, connecting with our heart, well, how does that make me feel and, and, and those kind of things. And it's difficult. Um, I know that for myself, I know that when, you know, talking with others, and just to try to just shut that off a little bit. And then, well, how does that really feel not like, well, I did this. Well, okay, that's great. But how does that make you? How do you that's that's yeah, checking checking with your heart. It's it's very important. Yes. And the other thing which is very important for you know, for the busy, uh, for a busy, uh, amazing lady like yourself, is just, you know, giving permission to yourself sometimes just to have some errors. That's fine. That's Mm. fine. You know, if you just just remove all those should, shouldn't, should, shouldn't, should, shouldn't, and just say, okay, what I love to do right now. I know that I have a list. Yes, I need to be disciplined. Yes, they are all, you know, yeah, good stuff. I'm not, you know, I'm not saying no, no, don't, don't have a discipline or whatever. However, you need to give yourself permission to be sometimes uh, imperfect. That's fine. That's fine if you are not perfectly uh, handling the things that you are listed because of, because we are all human and we have emotions, we have ups and downs, we have, uh, as soon as you give yourself permission to accept your down state or to accept your imperfection, as soon as you do it, the energy will come back. Mm-hmm believe me the energy with yeah yeah i mean it's it's so so true i mean i was having this discussion with my daughter the last couple of days you know just that 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 perfectionism that tends to run through those that have addictions and disorders but i think it runs through so many of us you know we just want things to be just so and you know i live in a beautiful wonderful community of successful families and successful children. And so you see this standard, if you will, that you feel like perhaps you have to live up to if you're part of this group, then you should be doing this too. I mean, it's just this perpetual cycle and um, it can lead us down that road of just, like you said, feeling like because we're making a mistake or we're not doing what our neighbors doing, or our kids aren't doing that, what their kids are doing, then we're a failure. But I mean, there's a beautiful book. I don't think it's Brene Brown, um, but it what it could be. I'm not sure. But the gift of the gifts of imperfection, you Brene know, Brown. Brene Brown, maybe. I mean, it was 
Um, I'm not sure if that's, but it's, you know, the gifts of imperfection and it's, again, we, God made us, well, he made us perfect. And then, um, you know, we became imperfect, but there's no, we don't have to be perfect. And I think like, again, you talk about purpose, you talk about loving yourselves. And I think that, and I talk about boundaries a lot. And I tell others that, you know, boundaries are a way that we teach other people how to treat you know, how we want to be treated. And I've learned that bound that we need to have those, we need to have the boundaries with ourselves, you know, just, you know, in order to show that love for ourselves. Need to know first how to treat yourself Mm -hmm. to be able to set the boundaries about how to be treated. Because Mm -hmm. when you don't know how to treat yourself, how come you want to just, you know, yeah, it's just, I don't know, it doesn't make sense to me. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. You definitely need to be very clear about how to treat yourself. Then, yeah, then definitely, as you mentioned, then we can set the boundaries how to be treated by others. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Again, and it's, again, I know that, you know, as this was kind of introduced to me a few years ago, it was difficult. I was like, what are you, I don't, you know, it's hard when we get into this cycle of taking care of others. And I think as nurses, we do that often, right? We're, I mean, that's our profession is to help others. And you probably know this. I know this when I was in the profession. I mean, nurses are some of the most unhealthy people. Absolutely. That's right. Yeah. And it's yeah. because they're taking care of everyone else and they put themselves on the back burner. Yeah. And then you throw in a mom and, you know, a business and, you know, then taking care of all of that. And I found for myself that I just was my, as they say, my cup was empty. And yeah. so I learned that I needed to fill my cup up first. I mean, we hear that. How many times do we hear that? Love yourself first, fill your cup up first. But I've lived that life of when you don't do that. Thank you from empty cup. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, how? Right. Yeah. The other thing that is a little bit, you know, I think, you know, we just need to clarify the word or the concept of resilience because a lot of time with we, um, I don't know, we or some people um, think that resilience is more about um, tolerance or just tolerating, you know, the situation in any, um, you know, in any forms or but there is a big difference between tolerance and resilience uh, because intolerance, you mean, oh, just let me just define resilience first. The resilience is more about restoring and basically utilizing your energy uh, in the best way to thrive in any situation using all energy sources. So the energy sources, we know that we have physical source of energy, we have emotional source of energy, we have mental source of energy, and we have a spiritual source of energy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We need to be able to utilize, you know, our energy using all these, you know, sources uh, to thrive, not only survive, to thrive. This is resilience. This is a real resilience. So as an outcome, you know, of resilience, we indeed, you know, produce more energy rather than, you know, reduce or drain energy. But tolerance is draining our energy. Mm. So that's a big difference. So it's not just about when when you tolerate something and you are not really aligned with your emotions, with your spiritual needs, with your mental state, you are draining yourself. And you may, you may, you know, you may feel that in your heart you don't really like it. You don't, but you said, I have to like it because this situation is different. I have to tolerate it. That this disalignment, but you know, it's it can cause a lot of problems. It can mm-hmm. cause anxiety, depression, mental health issues, and also it can cause physical issues, you know, in long term. Mm-hmm. This alignment is very important. So the resilience is not about tolerating. Resilience is about 
just finding your energy sources and okay for example your physical uh, resilience can be um, related to you know food or uh, your physical activity or uh, you, you you need to change you know what you eat you need to change you know how to move your body and just to absorb more energy in as, as you know your physical source of energy for your emotions uh, this the emotional source of energy could be or you know positive or elevating emotions so if you are in a very difficult situation okay i know this is a very this is a very sad situation and i cannot actually i cannot um say lie to myself and say i don't know everything is perfect now no it's not perfect but you still have love to yourself so love is an elevating emotion mm -hmm. so the situation is sad the situation is really difficult it's really hard but you still have love in your heart to give to yourself just in that situation just embrace yourself and Talk to yourself that I'm here for you. I know that the situation is so difficult, but my heart, I'm here for you. I can feel you. I can, I can sense you. I, I, I give love to you. I give love to my body. So that's elevating emotion that can, you know, boost your resilience. Your mental state, you may start just to talk to yourself differently and just say, okay, this is difficult situation. And I know that I know that I'm, I'm, I'm going through it anyway. I know that I'm a strong and I went through, you know, the more difficult states in the past. So that's a self talk that you can, you know, to your mental state and boost, you know, the energy of your mental state. So yeah, so resilience is about using all these sources of energy, mental, emotional, physical, and spiritual. A spiritual could be your faith, mm -hmm. could be your intuition, could be, yeah, whatever is could be connecting to the higher power that can, you know, make you calm and more, um faithful so yeah using all these sources of energy you can boost your resilience so you don't I, mean, I, I love yeah i really love that um it makes so much sense and i really love that and i hope the listeners heard that because and listen to it again because um, I think like when you mentioned tolerance, when we tolerate, I think what we're doing is giving the power to that, even though we're saying, oh, it's okay, I'm tolerating, mm -hmm. you're giving that power, you're giving your power away to someone else, something else. And I feel like just the way that you described all of that, when you talked about your physical and mental and emotional, you're giving yourself the power if it's making those different choices with what you eat or how you're going to go for a walk today, or you're going to work out, or you're going to choose a healthy smoothie for your lunch instead of a Big Mac or whatever. Um, okay. But, you know, I was thinking as you were talking, I have all of these and people have heard this on the podcast. I just, I love like little three by five cards and I have my little, you know, inspirational sayings on here. And, you know, I chuckle about it, but it makes so much sense. And just related to what you're saying, you know, some of the words that I have here is I embrace challenges because I will always find a way to overcome. Yes. You know, we can talk about, oh, this is so hard. But you know what? I embrace challenges because I always find a way to overcome because that ends up being the way it is. But you say that self those again, I don't want to make too much light of it because it's so true. You continue to say those things to yourself and you do become resilient, even though you have challenges, you can overcome them because you've been telling yourself that and the brain goes to work and your heart goes to work and you find a way. Um, and I'm not afraid, only excited for what is ahead. And everything is happening when and how it should. So you continue to, again, feed yourself those, that self-talk, that love. And I love that you said, and then you become resilient because that resilience is so 
positive and powerful and it can really, it really, it's just wonderful. Again, helping us in so many things in life. When I was in the process of, you know, grief for my uh, dad, when I, you know, my dad, that loss, the loss of my dad, uh, it was, it was so difficult because, you know, especially when you are, when you are not next to your dad, because, you know, he was in another country, you know, I, I'm, I'm Persian and he was, he was back in Iran and, and I was here and I made, actually, I made my trip in two days just to be with him um, in his last, you know, five days of life. And I personally experienced what I, what I worked in my PhD thesis with, um, with my, you know, patients, with my clients when we talked too much about the word why me uh, in my research. In, my, in the process of my grief, I personally dealt with that why me. And it actually made, oh my God, made amazing sense to me. And I just said, ah, I researched this topic and I talked with so amazing young people with diabetes type 1 about this concept and now I feel that I have this question again in my inside when I'm in the real situation personally I started to ask the question why me and then I reflected and I just, you know, I just went through everything I discussed with those young people, everything, you know, I've gone through in my education, in my research. And I reflected, you know, just talked to my uh, heart and I said, okay, why not me? So the question changed. The question changed and I just said, okay, why not me? A lot of people experiencing these things, you know, across the globe. Why not me? And what else? What else is there that I can help me right now get something new? So that was a decision I made, you know, and I straight away, you know, got, got the flight the day after. And I, and I said, okay, I want to use this, you know, I don't know how many days. I'm, that actually ended up, you know, with five days but I didn't know at the beginning, but I just decided, I made my decision to use these days, these moments as much as I can. And I, it was amazing self-transformation um, uh, stage, um, Moira. It was so amazing because I felt that some stages I went, I went to, um, to the stage of, dying with my dad and I came back again to life it it was it was exactly like that I want to actually write a book about it <laughs> because those five days you know oh, absolutely you know was like life uh, eternal life for me so yes I started to find out what is what is this life and I started to revise my purpose after that you know big challenge and when I came back, you know, when I came back home, I revisited my purposes. I revisited my missions. And I said, okay, imagine tomorrow is going to be your last day. What are you going to do for these 24 hours to be, I don't know, the most productive person, the most, you know, happy person, the most joyful person in the universe? What are you going to do? It wasn't easy, but, you know, I, I kept practicing and practicing. And that was actually the time that I um, decided to learn about other modalities to get more connection with my deeper layers. And also at some stages decided to start my business because, yeah, because, and I was still revisiting my missions because this is ongoing. This is this ongoing process revisiting your purpose and your mission. Uh, but Every challenge, I guess, even the hardest ones can be, can be used, can be used just to boost your resilience and revisit your purpose and find and make, create the new meaning 
about, you know, the given situation or, you know, any, any particular state that you are in. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I love that. It was, um, Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's really good because I was just speaking with a friend today and um, it really made me, when you said that, that's, <clears throat> she said to me, and I bring up my ballroom dance lessons a lot these days because it's changing me. And I was talking about that because it's really just a metaphor for life, what I'm learning there. And what I heard you say was what she said to me today. She said, you know, what you're doing is you're learning, you're learning things and you're putting it into practice and you're doing it every, you know, you're doing it every time. And what I mean by that is kind of what I heard you saying, you've learned this, you've learned about mindfulness, you've learned about, you know, you've studied that with your patients with diabetes and all that, and you talk to them. And then all of a sudden you were put in a situation where, Mm -hmm. You're like, okay, well, I have a choice here. I could practice what I preach or Mm -hmm. I can not. And I've noticed that, you know, when I've been dancing and been really afraid to do the next thing or to enter the competition or to believe in myself. And I tell people that all the time, just push past your fear. If you're afraid, just do it anyway, right? That's what I tell everybody. Well, all of a sudden I was in that situation. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, I see. So I could choose to just talk the talk. And I heard you say that you could have chosen to just say, oh, why me? And why me? And just continue to talk. Or you could then take it to that next step and say, and, and do what, do what you have learned and you told others to do. And I think that that it's, you know, has transformed your life, as you said. And now what a wonderful example you are to others because you can help them now to say, I understand. I've been there myself, right? Yes. I was yes. at that place and this yes. is what helped me. And I know it can help you. And so let me guide you, you know, along. Absolutely. Yes. I actually, I went through so many, those, those cocoon breaking times and yeah, another time was, you know, when I had a just, you know, had a breakup uh, of my um, really long uh, relationship and my, my, my marriage um, and that was that was so it was so it happened actually after my that that transformation my my grief uh, because yeah because I re- revisited my purpose and I and I decided just to move just to move out from the position of victim uh, because I just decided to leave to leave purposefully and to to listen to my heart and my really core desires. So, but that wasn't easy. That wasn't easy exactly. So it was like that, all right, so I'm just talking about these things and I'm helping others. But when I'm in the situation, oh my God, it's not easy. And yeah, that wasn't actually, I couldn't believe that myself, you know, uh, with all those very strong background, with all those you're know, just being involved with so many teaching, research, working, helping others, I couldn't believe that myself went went actually through depression. And it was unbelievable. It was unbelievable because is that me? Is that me going through depression? And I just said, yes, it is depression. <laughs> And yeah, and then, yeah, so I felt it. I felt it in, you know, I'm actually, now I'm talking about it. I have tears because I I feel, I feel really what happens in my inside and how the actual connection with my heart and with my body that I talked, you know, a lot with my clients about, with my patients, with my students, how it worked within in myself mm-hmm. and uh, yeah so it it took long but i learned i learned more and more and more and now if it you know happens again or if it you know happens you know in my clients i definitely yeah i definitely can can guide them just to 
fasten the process. Fasten mm-hmm. because, you know, uh, yeah, for me, it took long. It's, it's actually 20 years that I'm on this journey. But, you know, you and I, we can help others to move through this journey absolutely faster than 20 years. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> faster because we know all, you know, the tricks and all the, you know, yeah. Right. Well, and I think that that's a perfect way to kind of wrap this up is to is for others to hear that is that that we're not, you know, well, someone who I interviewed once said that, you know, she became an expert by experience. I mean, many I believe that's what the two of two of us have done. I mean, you have a lot of schooling behind you and a lot of study and and I have some study, too. But we've we've experienced it ourselves. And I think those are the best people that you listeners, if you're listening, you know, those are the best people that you can choose to help you. You know, be it that they're a coach or a guide or a mentor or whatever you want to call it. Those are the best people that you should choose. If you want to, like you said, hasten the process a little bit, um, or if you just need, you need a guide. And again, I tell people, I'm like, I am no, I'm not on the mountaintop, you know, and have all the answers. I'm just a little bit farther ahead because of the life that I've gone through and the things that I've learned. You the same, you're farther ahead. And so, and we have this desire to help others. So we, that's what we open it up to and say, you know, let us help you. Let us come right alongside you. We'll talk, we'll connect, we'll be real and we'll help you. We'll give you some suggestions of things that could help you to get along this path we call life. And like you said, to come out at the end, knowing our purpose, knowing how to love ourselves and knowing how to be resilient, you know? Yeah. Knowledge and uh, experience would be the best because you know so the knowledge by itself alone i guess it's not enough and and uh, perhaps only experience is not but uh, yeah the way that we can combine both it, it really worked it really works for me and and it works for my clients because uh yeah because you you bring you know all you know the evidence-based <laughs> knowledge uh, that worked, you know, practically. So with the real example. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's right. Right. Um, so where can people find you? Um, I know I oh. found you on Facebook, but where can people find you, be it in Down Under or in the States or where can people find you? Yeah, I'm here, you know, yes, on Facebook, um, my business page, Dr. Nas Inner Wellness, and my personal page, Nasrin Parsian, and, you know, you just feel free to drop me a message, you know, it's just all public available, and Instagram, again, Dr. Nas Inner Wellness, and LinkedIn, um, I think LinkedIn, I'm, I'm Dr. Nas Parsian, and uh, I have a podcast, Inner Wellness, and yeah, so I just created a private Facebook group for only for women who the empowered women, women who are heart centered and empowered, and they actually made you know they decided to make um, a significant life uh, just to help them live stress free because I think stress and anxiety, especially in the current world, yeah, it it. it drain us you know anxiety and stress they drain us so much uh so yeah so i have a private facebook group you can just drop me a message to my facebook and i can send you the link Mm -hmm. uh if you want to join my private facebook group because i will have a program you know it will be launched soon for 2021 uh, working more specifically on a stress and anxiety healing and wellness optimizing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, you may want to be in my team for my new program as well. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, I'll I'll put all those links. You sent those to me. I'll put them in the, you'll see them in the show notes too, to connect to. And again, I'm just so, um, I'm so grateful that the universe brought us together because I, again, don't take that lightly either. I do believe there are no coincidences. And um, as there were so many on that Facebook group that I could kind of reach out to for some advice, I chose you and I'm certainly grateful for that. And um, I know we'll have 
more and more conversations. But, um, you know, again, wrap it up today to say thank you so much for taking your time today. Thank you so much, Maura. I'm so grateful for this connection too. Every single connection, I think, is a blessing. And our connection is is absolutely special. <laughs> it really is. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So we'll wrap this up today. And again, I, um, I know that you found, I just, again, loved our conversation. And I know the listeners did as well. Again, to all of you who listen and come back, um, if you love it, share it. If you love it, write a review. Um, again, find Dr. Naz's podcast too and do the same. That's how we continue to get these wonderful conversations out to the world um, for those that need to hear hear these uplifting chats about hope and about resilience and about love. So again, thanks again for coming back. I certainly do appreciate it. Um, signing off for now. We'll talk to you next time. Thanks for listening. If you like this podcast, head over to iTunes and leave me a five-star review. Share it with others and make sure you hit the subscribe button so you don't miss a thing. I've got a tribe over on Facebook, so head over there and search for Juggling the Chaos of Recovery Podcast Tribe. And do you know somebody who has a story, a story to share, a story of recovery and hope? Please let me know as I'd love to feature them as a guest on one of these next upcoming podcasts. And perhaps you're looking for a community of like-minded, collaborative, and supportive people who cheer each other on as we strive to improve our lives. If that sounds like something you've been looking for, schedule some time with me. You'll find the links in the show notes. Let's talk and let me help you find your way. And I'm here to tell you that you're worth it.